What's up, everybody? Chris and Dan, we're here, and we're back with another episode here on the Pens Blog. It's the Chris and Dan Podcast, and uh, it has been two full weeks since we've last gotten to chat about Pittsburgh Penguins, Dan. Um, So we have a lot of catching up to do. A lot of catching up to do indeed, Chris. Yeah, there was... uh... I was traveling internationally. Of course, we had the holiday of Thanksgiving. We wish everybody a happy Thanksgiving. Hope they had a a great one last week. Uh, Realized that didn't exactly fall in line with our schedule of releases. Um, But we are back here this week. And, you know, the last time we talked, Chris, I think, you know, there was... It wasn't a whole lot of topics to play. You know, we, we, we broke down the play of this team as much as we could. And, you know, we try to look and find the general topics of things to talk about week to week as well. And boy, uh, there is no shortage of those this week uh, in, in this episode for us, that's for sure. So uh, I'm excited to get, the, get back to talking some Pens hockey with you. Yeah, me too. And there's uh, definitely a lot to talk about. We're coming back at a good time. Um, and hopefully by Thursday morning when this is released... Uh, everything that we're talking about is not, you know, completely <laughs> debunked because there's going to be yeah. a decent amount of trade talk on this episode. Um, if you haven't heard, uh, which at this point, if you haven't, you're a Penguins fan, I got to question what you've been doing because... Yeah, you could say, like, where have we been the past two weeks, but, like, where have you been if you haven't heard that one? <laughs> yeah, Ian Cole uh, is... His name has been bandied about the last few days. Uh, Will he be traded? Won't he be traded? Why is he a healthy scratch? We're going to talk about that. Um, In addition to that, in the Penguins' most recent game against Philadelphia, Matt Murray went down with an injury, um, which has thrust the Penguins into yet another uncomfortable goaltending situation. So we'll talk about that and... Um, additionally, you know, while we were away, we missed the quarter turn uh, of the NHL season. Uh, the 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 twenty five percent mark for the Penguins uh, right. on this on this young season, and we thought it could be a good time to uh, catch up there as well and talk about players on the roster and you know how some of them are performing, who needs to step up, um, and additionally with all this trade talk that's going on um maybe you know if if we could make a trade based on what we've seen so far uh what might it be what might you be looking for and why so uh a lot of decent debate i think for this episode yeah this will be uh this will be juicy if you will okay i will ready for it i will (laughs) um all right well quickly before we get into all of that uh we want to remind you excuse me, that you can subscribe to the podcast uh, by looking up the Pens blog on Apple Podcasts or SoundCloud um, and hitting subscribe. You'll get our episodes the minute they are released. And uh, we also encourage you 
to check out our episodes on thepensblog.com. Um, Dan is on Twitter at SteelCityDan22. I am on Twitter at Chris underscore Gates. Uh, and we are sponsored by Rum Runners, uh, which we are very thankful for. Uh, Rum Runners Saloon, located at 3385 Babcock Boulevard uh, in Ross Township. So thanks to Rum Runners for sponsoring this episode. Um, and let's get let's get right to it, Dan. Um, yeah. The, the first topic on our docket here is the Ian Cole trade rumors. And I want to hear your take because um, I know when Ian Cole got to Pittsburgh, you were one of the first people that was, I think, really behind him and, and, and supportive of him as a defenseman and his type of play. And it didn't really – I feel like when he first got here – it was actually kind of similar to right now. He wasn't in the lineup every night, so it was hard to really identify what what impact he might have on the team. Now, two Stanley Cups later, uh, it's it's clear what his impact has been and what he provides to the team. So I'm curious, since you were a big fan of him, you know, pretty much from the get go. Yeah. Uh, curious what your impressions are and what your reaction has been to kind of out of nowhere seeing Ian Cole potentially on the trading block yeah you're exactly right i've been behind Ian cold immunity uh put on black and gold and this is you know nothing too strange for him about being in a in an area where he's finding himself as a healthy scratch and he'd gone through this periods uh periods before like you said when he first got here at another point as well and i was you know for our newer listeners back on the uh, Chris and Dan podcast when we did Penn's episodes over there, uh, there was an episode I remember vividly where I was just like, I don't understand what the coaching staff is doing. Ian Cole needs to play, mm-hmm. period, and went on a long rant about it. He ended up doing so and playing extremely, extremely well. Uh, obviously, a couple of Stanley Cups, like you mentioned, as well there. So this took me by huge surprise as well, as I'm sure it did many people, and I- I'm I'm disappointed to hear it. I really am. Uh, he hasn't been fantastic. Uh, he's not giving you necessarily the, the the point production that you would expect from him. I'd like to see from him. But as far as I'm concerned, he's still one of your core defenders that you had returning this season. And he's still a guy that brings a lot to the table. And, you know, whether this was... You know, rumors at first, if this was just more of a, a message sending for, for Ian Cole to try to, you know, work some things out mentally and get back in the lineup. Mike Sullivan said there were some specific things about his game that they wanted to work on. But now, of course, it, it went from that and very quickly turned into a trade rumor. Uh, and here we are again today, you know, you know, reports coming in saying it could happen any minute, any day. And like you said, hopefully by the time this episode is released, none of this gets, you know, completely shifted off course and something goes down and something happens but uh yeah i find it i I do find it very confusing and i'm not really not really excited about it regardless of you know what could come in return for the penguins he's been a a core defender here for a while now and a guy that you you can count on and again he may not be playing his best hockey right now but that doesn't you know in my mind all of a sudden see him as as somebody to trade away and, and get something in return for and I understand his contract is expiring at the end of this year, but 
Jim Rutherford, uh, I actually heard this on the fan the other day. It's actually something positive that they that they talked about was that made sense was Jim Rutherford isn't a guy that when you have players with expiring contracts, he worries about getting something in value, uh, getting value back in return for uh, instead of letting the guy walk. He's let guys walk. Yeah. See, you know, Matt Cullen, Chris Kunitz, Nick Benino. He's seen he'll let guys walk. He's not to a point where. They have to get value back for something. They can't just let guys walk. He's here to win Stanley Cups, and that's not you know a priority of his. So that argument doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. But you know, it's been he's been a healthy scratch for a couple of games in a row now, and, and I'm still sitting here confused, kind of waiting with everybody else, probably with you too, Chris, kind of almost expecting it at this point for it to be the case. He's uh, you know you hear some of the quotes from practices, and you know he he's he's. You know, he's not saying much. Well, what can you expect? Jim Rutherford not saying much. What can you expect there either? He said, I wouldn't tell you if I was or wasn't trying to trade him. So I'm confused. I'm not really thrilled about it. I understand this team isn't playing, isn't at the level that they want to be playing at right now. But I don't. I didn't think Ian Cool, and I don't think Ian Cool is somebody uh, that's expendable, <clears throat> at least at this point in the season. Yeah, it's uh, it, it, it's it's caught me off guard a little bit. Um, I think this 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 stuff surfaced now like three or four days ago. We're recording on Wednesday. The Post Gazette was the first to report it. Um, I believe it was Tuesday. Mike Sullivan was pretty snippy with the media um, about the healthy scratches and the trade rumors. He didn't really want to, um, you know, a- admit or. I don't know if admits the right word because you never know what's going to happen. And internally, you never really know exactly what's going on. But he seemed to take, I guess he seemed to take offense with the fact that there was reporting coming out saying Ian Cole was, you know, uh, about to be traded. And mm-hmm. uh, he, in a, a, to paraphrase, said, you know, I don't know where you guys get this information from. Um, in a article on The Athletic today, there were some comments from Jim Rutherford that I thought would be interesting to run through. Um, Rutherford said, uh, I would say it's a little premature for any kind of speculation right now. He said, uh, Ian Cole's part of our team. We like him. He's a really good player. He's helped us win the Stanley Cup twice. Uh, you can speculate about him just like you can speculate about anybody else. Uh, as far as the um, healthy scratches, uh, Rutherford said that that's a coach's decision. Um, and talked a little bit about how Ian Cole's been in this position before, like Dan, you mentioned. Um, and uh, let's see. In the terms of Cole's contract and the team's ability or inability to sign him next summer, uh, Rutherford said, what we're spending this year doesn't affect the years to come as far as I'm concerned. I get what he's saying, but that is just scary to actually hear your general manager say. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. <laughs> a little bit. Especially when we know he's not going to be here for many more years to come either. Yeah, I, I think what, what Rutherford's prob- probably trying to say is like, you know, we're in a win-now situation. But mm-hmm. like, like that sentence is just bad. Not, um, not great. Uh, da, 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 da. Let's see if there's anything else here. Um, you know, he said he's not worried about experience because they got a ton of defensemen that have won cups. Um, yeah, and so on and so forth. But uh, 
So, you know, generally speaking, that's Jim Rutherford pretty much kind of tap dancing around the whole topic. Like, uh, I guess Mike Sullivan more directly, you know, tap danced around it. And Jim Rutherford seems to be more indirectly doing so. Nobody wants to commit or say anything. And and I Mm -hmm. get that. But so with with this news coming out, I've like since it kind of came out of the blue for me. I've kind of wondered a number of things um, as to why this might be happening. And one thing I wondered about is, you know, is this about Ian Cole, the hockey player? And, you know, obviously the Penguins are built and based around speed. And he's obviously not the the most fleet of foot. He's not Mm -hmm. the best puck mover. He's not giving you a ton offensively from the the back end. Um, So I've wondered about that. Um, I've also wondered how much it maybe has to do with the bottom six on the Penguins and just the fact that, well, we do have a lot of, you know, NHL-capable defensemen right now. If I can find a – actually, Rutherford said something about – he said, we presently have five defensemen on our team who have won at least two Stanley Cups. And that's Cole, Chris Letang, Justin Schultz, Brian Dumoulin, and Ole Mata. He said, if we lose one of them, we still have four defensemen who have won two Stanley Cups. So the math checks out. But uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I wonder if they look at his expiring contract compared to the rest of the guys on the blue line right now who don't have expiring contracts Mm -hmm. and maybe identify the fact that the bottom six is not living up to the standard that they want. And maybe they just see him as a trade piece and it's not as much necessarily about Ian Cole, the player. Um, And the third factor I wonder about is how much Chad Ruedel has to do with this situation because Chad Ruedel is a guy who has found his way into the lineup via injuries and whatnot. Um, Hunwick was out for a long period of time, which kind of helped him get in there and he played, he's played well. He really has. Uh, And he's kind of a guy that maybe fits more of what the penguin system asks for. He can move the puck. He can skate. Uh, last few games, he's actually played um, surprisingly physical at times, which mm-hmm. I, I didn't know Chad Ruedel had in him. So I wonder about that, too, if that makes them think about Ian Cole and his situation with his contract, and he looks more expendable now. I, I know that's a lot, but does any of that resonate with you? Ian Cole, the player, uh, you know, the style of play of the team, uh, the bottom six and its lack of production, Chad Ruedel, does any of that stick out to you as, as maybe a reason why? Yeah, I think yeah, it's sort of a combination of what you said there, Chris. A lot of it does make sense about, you know, you know about this, what is this about being Ian Cole, the, the hockey player, right? Um, and the value there versus what you're getting from your bottom six. And from Chad Ruedel, I agree that he's played, He's played well and, you know, maybe it yeah, fits the system a little bit better for what they're looking for right now. And like we've mentioned already a couple of times now that Ian Cole's been in this situation before and when it's happened, it's actually benefited him. Um, you know, he doesn't get, he does not happy about it. He's not happy about it at all. He's not afraid to, to show that, but uh, you know, he's been in this situation before and 
sometimes when you're looking to trade a player, you know, trying to protect the asset, if you will, doesn't always end up being in the, you know, resulting in the best look that you want to portray something like that. So, you know, I think maybe a little bit of combination of some of the things that you said there uh, do make sense. He does have an expiring contract. If you're going to lose anybody of any of those guys, you know, Ian Cole is probably the the guy that you pick of the defenseman that you listed with multiple Stanley Cups. Uh, definitely seems that way. So it makes sense. It it does for a free note from a couple of those aspects, but. You know, how long does this last? That's my my question is, how long does this last? How long do you keep him out of the lineup as a healthy scratch? Uh, you You need strong defensive play now more than ever this season because of the goaltender situation, which, of course, we're going to get into a little bit later. But, you know, for a guy that blocks a lot of shots and, you know, tends to stay at home when he needs to, Ian Cole is your guy to do that, and now that you have uh, some instability at goaltender, maybe that's when you try to get him back into this into this lineup to see to see what it is. Well, so I offered potentially just suiting him up as a goaltender as a possible. Sure, solution. why not? <laughs> why not? But you know, obviously they're trying to. Mike Sullivan's trying to do some things to change to change how this team is playing right now. They're still not playing how they're supposed to be. Does, they're they're yeah. not playing it the right way. Yeah, he's been saying that. He's been saying that for a while, but they're still not doing it. To speak on that, like, I feel like the Penguins to this point, they, like, we know obviously what their identity is supposed to be, but they just, in streaks, show it. And then Mm -hmm. in other streaks, they look, you know, they they look like a, a set of mismatched parts. Absolutely. You're absolutely right. There's no consistency with it yet to this point this season, which is frustrating because it's not just a matter of, I mean, the schedule has been an absolute disaster. Sure. There's no there's no doubt that has played a factor uh, that that's, a, that's, that's part of it. But with, with, with that inconsistency, um, you, it's not, it's not the other, it's not the opponent that's just always out, out playing this team. It's not. It's not those. It's not the Penguins are getting figured out. You know what I mean. It's not them breaking their scheme down and finding ways to to score. It's not. It's not a simple answer like that. It's it's in house. It's clearly in house because we we can see the maximum potential that they show, and we can see the breakdowns. The break the breakdowns are clearer. Uh, you know, as clear as they've ever been when there's been poor play. It's what are the Penguins doing wrong? Not just. Man, that other team looked really good. You know, they just straight up outplayed the Penguins. It's you know clear, clear things on the ice that you and I and and I think you know most uh, fans that you know watch every game like we do can you can see and you, we have guys that point them out. Jesse Marshall does uh, a fantastic job about that. Talk, you know, he had a recent article about Chris Letang's play and everybody's uh, you know pointing the finger at him, especially when Ian Cole's getting benched. You know, and he had some interesting thoughts on that. So, you know, they're they're still trying to find the consistent right way. I don't know if making an Ian Cole a healthy scratch is part of that solution, if it's the best solution. Uh, but, you know, perhaps Jim Rutherford, again, is a guy that we have to sit back here, and we've done it for over a year and a half now, where you question him uh, maybe on some things, but he ends up being the genius in the long run, and you have to trust him. You have to trust Jim Rutherford with a situation like this, it's difficult to do 
when you hear a guy like Ian Cole being traded, it's like, what are what really are you going to get in return to help your bottom six if he is on an expiring contract? You know, you're, you're obviously looking at maybe draft picks going. I think everybody, well, not everybody, but a lot of people, including some people that should be doing some reporting in this city, got fooled by the fake Edmonton Oilers account. Uh, I don't know if you were one of those, Chris, but it had I heard my jaw dropped. I did not. No, I, that was not though. I had my jaw dropped for about three and a half seconds, and that was about it. And I go, "Oh, what the hell? This isn't real." Um, <laughs> credit to them, though. It was a fen- phenomenal graphic for that trade for uh, Ian Cole and a second round pick for Ryan Nugent Hopkins. All right, I'll sign up for that. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm sitting here defending Ian Cole, but if that happens tomorrow morning, then I'm sitting here going, "Jim Rutherford's a genius." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, um, well, there are. I mean, there are obvious. So, so to speak on that, I I read. Uh, today that the Penguins, and this is all, you know, so much speculation, but the Penguins might be working with Ian Cole's agent to extend the deal so that in a trade, extend the deal as part of a trade so the team that's getting him will get more term and not an expiring contract so then the Mm. Penguins could possibly get a better return on that trade. Sure. Um, that makes sense. Which would make sense. And, I, you know, that's really confusing to me. But, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, from from what Josh Yohe writes in this article, he says, um, the bottom line is simple. Trading coal remains possible and probably even likely, but the defenseman won't be traded because Rutherford is dissatisf- dissatisfied with his work. Rather, a trade would take place because Rutherford is displeased with his forwards. And Cole would mm-hmm. be the ideal chip in such a transaction because he's not coming back next season anyway. And, uh, you know, that, that, that speaks to the bottom six and how ineffective they've been. Like... The signs of life from Riley Sheehan so far has been like, oh, look at, you know, he he had a grade A goaltender screen, you know, on yeah. someone else's goal. Like, he's had a couple screens on goals. He's won some face-offs. He's had some nice, you know, plays here and there, but all told, and, you know, I read that, like, well, he's coming into his game and he's finding his consistency now within the Penguin system. At some point, that has to result, you know, in 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 something a little more tangible, in my opinion. Yeah, a little more hardcore production, I think, is what you need out of that. And it's obviously not been enough. Uh, and not just from him. It's not just from him. You're no. right. It has been the it has been the bottom six. And yeah, there's been injuries, but not major injuries where there's multiple guys out of the lineup and you're calling up multiple guys from Wilkesbury Scranton to try to fill fill in the voids. So it, it's your guys that need to be need to be playing those roles and filling those roles that aren't doing it. Yeah, you know, initially I thought, you know, maybe Greg McKegg at the beginning of the season would be a good fourth-line center uh, just because of the way he plays. And, you know, aside from speed, I'm not sure what else he does that's effective. Throw Carl Hagelin in the same boat right now, aside yeah. from his speed, which in all fairness creates a lot of chances – uh, is able to, he's able to use his speed on the penalty kill and in other situations to back check and help break up scoring opportunities for the opposition. And that's all very valuable, but um, he gets so many chances and can't cash in on anything. There's a lot of guys that basically have that same description so far this season. And uh, I don't blame, I don't blame Rutherford and company for wanting to try and find 
a fix to that as soon as they can. Uh, just again, I, 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 maybe I should have seen it with the expiring contract that Ian Cole could have been one of those guys. Uh, but it, it, it definitely came as a surprise to me. And, and a final quote I'll read from Rutherford here. Rutherford said, Cole won't be traded just to be traded. If that means he's going to have an uncomfortable situation here for a few weeks, well, let's just say, ideally, I would like him to be in the lineup again soon and playing the way he's capable of playing. He's a free agent on July 1, but that's almost a year away. He's played really well for us over the years. So, you know, that that that... that there's there's no timeline on this. Um, sometimes when Rutherford says things aren't going to happen, they end up happening within a few days. Mm-hmm. Sometimes when we hear all oh, the Penguins are, you know, like back at the draft, we're hearing like oh, the Penguins are actively seeking a third line center, and then they didn't trade for one until like a month into the season this year. So <laughs> exactly, it's hard to get a read on. Yeah, it is, and. It, it you have to find value in what you have to get something valuable in return. And I think Jim Rutherford, if this is in fact what he's trying to do, he's trying to do something where he gets a little bit more guaranteed value in return. Riley Sheehan was, I thought it was a nice trade. I really did. I thought it was nice. And there's upward potential there. Uh, He had a rough season last year, but you know, there's definitely more upside this style of hockey form and, and perhaps maybe he is getting into that, but there hasn't had that yet. And, you know, we've preached patience. We're talking about, we're going to get to talk about the, the first quarter of the season altogether, Chris, we've, you and I have preached patience for about the entire first quarter of this season about what the way this team has played and where they need to be. We've, we've preached that a lot. And I think Jim Rutherford has been patient as well, but you start to run a little bit thinner around this time of year. And once you get all of a sudden we're, we're, we're days away from December and before you know it, the month of December goes by, and you're into January. You need to start make, playing a little bit more consistent hockey. So you look at your value, what you're going to get. You're not going to trade a bunch of forwards for another forward. You're not going to do anything like that. He's not going to trade away his young assets, his young pieces. It's just not – he's done it before, but you're, you're running out of them. You're, you're, and then you're not, you're, now, now you're looking at your, your starters. You're not going to trade Daniel Sprong. You're not going to trade somebody like that. Uh, but you you know you still got a, young, a lot of young guys that are they're playing on this team that you don't want to trade away. So you have a guy in Ian Cole that's going to be due some money at the end of the year, and yeah, perhaps it's it's a it's it's he adds a lot of value to any other team in this league, and it may not be that he's expendable because I don't think he is. But if you need to make a drastic impact on this team and you got to get some more offense going. You have to look at your pieces available, and automatically the first part of the list you look at is expiring deals. Patrick Hornquist is on an expiring deal. They're not sure as hell not trading him hmm. right now, okay, when they're trying to look for more scoring. So you look at Ian Cole, maybe not the most productive uh, season so far that he's had. Uh, he's been a valuable, valuable piece, but I think there's trust there in Chad Ruedel, uh, like we've both commented on, that they feel like he's good enough to to fill in. Uh, play that role if they can gain more on the offensive side on the bottom six so again we'll just have to (laughs) wait and see what jimmy uh jimmy stirs up you almost do you almost hope that he gets traded at this point chris um or do you hope that you do you think that he can once again if he gets back in the lineup turn this thing around uh show more value that he doesn't get traded it's just awkward for him i'm sure i I think it's really awkward for him and probably awkward a little bit at least for the team because he's He's a, by all accounts, a quote unquote locker room guy. 
which yeah. I hate right. when people say that because they're all locker. They all go in the locker room. <laughs> they're on the locker. They're all, room. They're they're all, all locker room guys. Yeah, but uh, he's like, uh, I guess, uh, you know, one of the uh, one of the most well liked teammates. Um, so yeah, because of that, you know, you you probably hope it happens just soon. And we're approaching the time of year where Jim Rutherford does this th- type of thing anyway. Absolutely. And uh, you're right. You know, when you start approaching the holidays, when Christmas is coming up and, and whatnot, that's when the hockey starts to get a little bit more serious. So now's a good time to address flaws that you believe you have. And if you can get value for Ian Cole, uh, that's going to help the team uh, more than hurt the team. Um, I, I'm fine with it. I, you know, I, it'll it'll suck because, you know, I like Ian Cole. I like what he brings to the table, even though it's not. The flashiest style of hockey. He still does a lot of things uh, that are that contribute positive positively, and uh, you'll miss stuff like that shot blocking. But yeah, I just hope it it, it uh, happens quickly, and uh, hopefully, hopefully it'll be like Ian Cole to Ottawa for Matt Duchesne, something like that. Yeah, <laughs> that would be makes nice. total sense. Uh, I mean, I, I would I would really hate to see him go to, especially like I said right now, where you need your defense to be strong in front of some really young goaltenders for at least the next couple of weeks. Again, we'll get into that, but um, I, I'm just sick of seeing welcome back videos. You know what I mean? Like, thank you. <laughs> uh, it's just really hard I heard to see they did that one stuff for Derek Pouliot. Apparently so, and apparently it was a short one, but at least he got. Why? Why? Why would you do that? You don't need that. Come on. I mean, we still have yet to get through Mark Andre Fleury's emotional return. Uh, in February, it's going to be hard to to think that an Ian, Ian Cole video could not be uh, much further behind. Well, but now uh, you wait know. a second. If Derek Pouliot got one, did Oscar Sundquist get one at the beginning of the year? No, and that ain't right because he was a black ace for the team, yeah. essentially serving in the same capacity right. as Derek Pouliot. Derek Pouliot did play a, a game or two, but um, yeah, that ain't fair. You know, what, yeah, what like that. down the road when Josh Archibald is playing somewhere else, is he, are we going to give him a video? <laughs> His name's on the cup. Just saying. That's a little, <laughs> I don't know. Um, all right. Let's uh, switch gears here and talk about the injury to Matt Murray. From the sounds of it, it's like a two to four week type of deal. <clears throat> so. In reaction to that, Tristan Jari is your starter. Casey DeSmith has been recalled once again from Wilkes-Barre and, um, you know, kind of tied in with the Ian Cole thing is speculation about whether the Penguins may or may not want to acquire a veteran backup. There are a few veterans um, kind of toiling away in the AHL right now that that uh, I think like Andrew Hammond is one of them. Um, but yeah, there's a, there's a few guys out there that people have suggested, Hey, maybe the Penguins might want to go after this guy. Um, what's your take on the whole situation? Yeah, it's definitely tough. This is kind of the fear, right? This is kind of the nightmare the the year after Mark Andre Fleury moves to Las Vegas, that Matt Murray has another injury. That's going to keep him out of the lineup for a couple of weeks. And, and here we are not even in December and we're already facing that. Uh, as far as Tristan Jari's concerned, I've been, I've been very pleased from what I've seen so far. Uh, you know, we weren't sure if he was ready to be the backup yet at this point, maybe another year away from getting more substantial starts. But so far, what we've seen from him has been, you know, 
really good, really good uh, for for the young kid. Put again into a spot where he was not expected to be. Anthony Niemi was the backup goaltender, uh, you know, so they obviously didn't feel that Tristan Jari was ready. They wanted him to play more, and that was my fear too: is that he needed to play more. Well, now he's going to get that shot uh, just up at the big level. So I'm okay with that. And the reason I'm I'm not so so ready to jump the gun on needing to find another goaltender yet. What we saw from Casey DeSmith uh, at the NHL level wasn't was not great. Um, it, it wasn't. He had a hot start in Wilkes-Barre. They figured they'd give him the shot so Tristan Jari could keep playing. Didn't look great. He doesn't. He didn't have much time up here at all, though. Yet he returned to Wilkes-Barre. He's been good. Uh, fortunately for the Penguins, the way things are working out with the number of back-to-backs that they face uh, reduces substantially, and that's obviously when you're going to most need to use your backup goaltender. And, you know, for the next two to four weeks, as we look at it where we stand, Chris, obviously they've got the home-and-home home with Buffalo this weekend. That's the only back-to-back scenario the Penguins will face the entire month of December until they get into January, and then you're well past the four-week period. And luckily Buffalo's a train wreck. And they're a train wreck as well. Um, you know, you've got Colorado in there. You've got Arizona in there. Uh, a couple of easier matchups. But then, you know, you sprinkle in Columbus Blue Jackets twice. Yeah, you sprinkle in uh, a little bit of Tortorella. Little, little torts. They sprinkle little torts on your turkey for you there. Um, so it's it's an interesting scenario because of the schedule. Um, yeah. There are guys out there, and there is a little bit of cap space to grab grab a guy without having to make a trade or anything like that. Um, but I give I give Casey DeSmith and, and Tristan Jari a little bit of a shot here. But I, I don't. I'm not ready to jump on that yet. I'm I'm nervous. Trust me. I'm. I'm nervous going into this two to four week stretch because it's not like the Penguins sit atop the division uh, with multiple uh, points up over the next next team and they're okay if they don't play to the same standard and they play a little bit below that. So that that worries me a little bit. But like I said, with some of the teams that they have upcoming, it might end up working out okay. But I give Casey DeSmith a shot. I give him a shot. Uh, I assume. It it very come, could come as as early as this weekend with the home and home with Buffalo, uh, that maybe Jara gets one and DeSmith gets one. Uh, maybe we talk next week. I'll have a different uh, a different tone to my uh, stance on it. But like you said, there's a couple of guys out there that you that you could get for for probably cheap that are floating around out there. If you if you make a trade for you know something you know worthless, really, uh, you know you got some late dra- late draft picks, something else that you need to do. Uh, but you know, Jim Rutherford right now seems to have, you know, bigger fish to fry with what he's going to do with Ian Cole. And I think, I think he'll be patient a little bit as I'm going to try to be with the goaltender tandem as it sits right now. Yeah. I don't have a problem with that. Um, we're still early enough in the season that you're not, and the Penguins are still, you know, stable enough in the standings that you don't have to worry about some free fall that's going to end your season. Mm-hmm. And like you said, I, I agree with you. Tristan Jari has uh, has looked solid in his time since he's been called up and named the backup for the Penguins. So I'm not too worried about that. The whole acquiring a veteran, it just, you know, it worries me because we tried that. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, it's there, risky. There are. I read uh, Greg Wyshynski's art. He had a blog about the Penguins' goaltending situation. And he, I can't remember the three names, but he mentioned essentially three 
uh, NHL veteran backups that have cleared waivers recently and are playing in the AHL. But, you know, if they cleared waivers recently and are playing in the AHL, that, does that tell you something? I mean, sure, it could be because nobody needs a, a goaltender right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, But it could also be a sign that maybe you, you would sacrifice some future resource like a draft pick for another anti-Niemi situation. Uh, so I get nervous about that. I would be comfortable for at least the short term with letting Jari and DeSmith kind of handle the duties. Uh, and, you know, if things really start to fall apart, you you, you pull the trigger and you do what you got to do. But if you can avoid it, I, I, I would be fine with avoiding it. Yeah, and I think, I, I again, hope that he will uh, have that same sort of patience. And, you know, t- two to four weeks is a... It's not a wide range, but it is a wide range. Oh, sure. You know, you, you could be looking at a difference, uh, you know, of f- potentially five games missed uh, to upwards of like eleven, mm-hmm. something like that. So, if you can get by with the two goaltenders when you're playing Buffalo twice, uh, in, you know, in the Rangers, you know, another time, you should be able to get by uh, yeah. if it's on the you know on the two week end of things. If it gets a little bit a little bit more. You know, I don't think you, I don't think you pull any sort of trigger. And then, you know, you know what I mean. Like, if you, if you wait two weeks to, to be patient, if you're Jim Rutherford, you say, we've got one back to back. We've got some easy of our next out of our next five games. Three of them should be very winnable, regardless of the goaltender. If you're that far into it, you, you only have two weeks left from Matt Murray uh, potentially returning at the most, as it would seem. Do you still pull the trigger at, at that point? You know what I mean. Like you said, unless something catastrophic really happens and the team just falls apart and you know the, it doesn't go well, then maybe you look into the situation. But I think he's got confidence in those guys, and Mike Sullivan surely has confidence in those guys. Uh, and maybe it's going to elevate the play of the team. That would be something that would be nice to see those guys kind of rally around some young goaltenders, as we've seen them do for, p- before for Matt Murray. There was there was that big debate we had. It's the Ty the- Conklin effect. <laughs> yeah, the big debate we had over the past two years was does the does the team play differently in front of Matt Murray versus Mark Andre Fleury because he's a younger guy, uh, less experienced, yada yada yada. That we went, you know, everybody went on and on about that. Well, maybe they actually do uh, now try to step things up a little bit more, knowing that, especially defensively. Uh, and not, I don't even just mean from the defense, but from the forwards as well. Uh, yeah. Give me a little bit more sound defense playing, which has been a big problem all season long. So I'm willing to be patient for at least a little while. Yeah, maybe it makes everybody, uh, th- you know, think a little more responsibly. Right. Right. Absolutely. Um, all right. Well, you know, both those, the goaltending situation, me and Cole will be anxiously awaiting uh, a word and seeing what happens. Uh, still got a, another day before that Buffalo game. Um, so let's wrap up with, with this, Dan. Um, while we were away, like we mentioned at the start, we passed the quarter turn of the season. Um, and I thought we could maybe go through some impressions of the team so far. I know we've kind of touched on some things here and there as we've talked about these first two topics. But um, talk about players, how they're performing, who needs to step up. Um, and then if you could make a trade based on what we've seen so far, uh, what would it be and why? And I'll mm-hmm. start off with uh, maybe the top six because that's probably the easiest for me to evaluate. And uh, I can group all the players together because I don't have problems with any of them. Uh, the top six, I think, is playing great. Um, 
from from Sid and Sherry and Gensel to I'm sorry, who? Sherry. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I'm never gonna get that right. No matter how many times Steve Muir says it on the damn broadcast. I know. <laughs> um and uh Gino Hornquist, you, you know, it, it's uh top to bottom in the top six. I it, I Phil Castle, obviously. Um <clears throat> you 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 have to be pretty happy with what you've seen. A lot of those guys are part of your power play unit as well, uh, and doing well there. The one that sticks out the most to me is Phil Kessel in a positive way. Um I thought I think his season, so much of the stuff he does is hilarious, but I think this season is hilarious because there were so many articles written about like the post 30 year old decline of Phil Kessel and he's having one of the best starts to a season he's had in quite some time. So, uh, you know, he's, uh, he's been fantastic, but I think really, um, just about everyone in the top six has been pretty, pretty fantastic. Yeah, can you say Phil Kessel's been a surprise? It's you know what I mean. Like I, I don't even know if I could say that. It's maybe is it a surprise that he leads the team? It's a surprise. Uh, team? It's a surprise to me that he is work in some situations is working as hard as he is in November. Yeah, yeah, that's now that's fair. Now that's a fair thing to say. Absolutely, like he you cares know, more. I think he he does. He does. He's finding ways. He's you know leads the team in points, tied for the lead in goals. Uh, he's in the top three in the NHL in power play points. It feels been fantastic. Hey, what, and what's yeah, up you, with coaches going to like, cause uh, coaches going to see players in the off season. Cause I've heard so many damn times about the lunch that Mike Sullivan had with Phil Kessel. <laughs> right. And remember like back in the day, like, uh, did, didn't Dan Bilesma or Mike Johnston go to Russia to see Gino and stuff? To see Gino. Like, what's with these yeah. lunches? What happens at these lunches? I don't know. I'd like to get involved in some of them. Know. You know, it's kind of it's a that's a serious lunch if it you know changes the course of a season for a player just based on a little you know a uh, little sandwich or something. Right. How many courses? You know, how, how yeah, many it's got to be lengthy. That's got to be a that's got to be a lengthy meal, a lengthy discussion. I mean, is there like a sleepover involved? <laughs> um. <laughs> yeah, like Jim Harbaugh sleepover on a recruiting right. trip. <laughs> Really maximize that time with your uh, with your player. Exactly. Hey, whatever works. If that's what's working for Gino or and for Phil, excuse me. Uh, you know, it, it's working. It it surely is. Yeah, Phil's been a I guess a bit of a pleasant surprise, and and that's again weird to say. It's like saying Sid or Gino has been a pleasant surprise, but uh, seeing Phil up at the top of the you know the stats categories for this team right now is is great to see. Uh, you know, there was a little bit of criticism for Sid's play. That was kind of unjust. Um, it was just the production necessarily wasn't there, but his play has been fantastic. Uh, Gino looks like he's uh, close to returning soon there. Uh, you know, as he stays healthy to you know get everything situated back to back to normal there. Uh, Jake Gensel's been great. Connor Sherry, like we like we've talked about that earlier in the me season. Off to hear you say his name correctly, you rub well, it in my face. It's not rubbing it in your. I, well, I can't say it wrong now that I corrected you. That would be. Terrible. I know it just bothers. I feel like everybody when they say Connor Sherry, I feel like like I just take it as they're saying it that way to like point out that they're right. It's oh, it's okay. it's um <laughs> it's like you know you have your nose up in the air at me, right? <laughs> and I don't appreciate it. Okay, Connor. Anyhow, just call him Connor. Yeah, Connor McGregor. Uh, he's he's great when he's in that top six, which we've said has been essential to his success. Uh, so I'm with you there. The top six has been it's great. That's where the majority of the scoring is coming from. Unfortunately, and, you know, in a positive because you need those guys to do that. But 
uh, on the downside, the bottom six not getting you uh, that as much. And, you know, the guys like Brian Rust who can play on really any line and still be productive uh, it has been have been absolutely great. So I'm with you there with the top six. Yeah, and I got to throw Brian Rust into that conversation. I know he hasn't uh, – I think he only has, what, like four goals – Mm-hmm. To this point, but he has had a ton of chances, and the way I just love the way he plays hockey, so I would throw yeah. him in that mix as well. Um, but the bottom six, not you know, nearly as uh, satisfying. I don't know. Uh, and we've mentioned a lot of the guys so far. I need more from Riley Sheehan. I need more from Greg McKegg. I need more from Carl Hagelin. Uh, some of these guys, like Tommy Kunakel, I don't really expect a ton from. Um, Sure. So I, I guess it doesn't. His play doesn't bother me as much. Good to see Carter, Carter Rowney back in the lineup the other night, and we'll see what he can, uh, what he can do in that bottom six. Um, and then Ryan Reeves, I just don't. You know, I, I, I have not been opposed to Ryan Reeves' presence on this team. Not mm-hmm. like a lot of people have been, but. You know, I'm getting to the point where if he's only going to play five minutes a night, there's no point in having him out there. Right, right. And that was, uh, you know, a big thing going into the season is how many minutes he was actually going to get. You know, he had a kind of a hot start start to the season, if you will. But, uh, you know, the minutes are declining because you'd love him in in games versus Philly and things like that. But But he had one uh, hit on Claude Giroux and then you didn't see him the rest of the game. Yeah, but then that was it. You know, you, you still limit his minutes in those games. So I'm with you. You need to see more from exactly those guys that you mentioned. You talked about Tommy Kunakel, guys like that. I, I need more shots on goal from those guys. I don't expect a lot, but I need just just more pucks to the net because when you have, you know, defensemen with more shots on goal than some of your bottom six forwards, you start to wonder what's going on there. And I know that's been something that Mike Sullivan's been stressing to a lot of these guys, including a guy like Phil Kessel, about putting more pucks on the net and shooting. So, you know, when you, when your shot percentage is so low, uh, you know, a lot of that has to do with just not taking the right chances. Maybe you're overthinking it. Um, but just making, you know, more simple plays, things like that. Definitely need more from, from your bottom six, hoping that Riley Sheehan can kind of find himself a little bit more comfortable now, because it's a guy we talked about, you know, like Matt Cullen's numbers, uh, Nick Benino's numbers a lot going from last year to this year. Can you find a guy that can fill those things? It was 10 goals, 12 goals. Can Riley Sheehan do that? He can. We just haven't seen it quite yet. Uh, so that needs to start to turn up. Um, and like you said, the same thing with Greg McKay. Good to have Carter Rowney back in the lineup, but there's got to be more production there. Car- uh, Carl Hagelin has kind of been a roller coaster ride in his uh, tenure with the black and gold. Uh, only three points on the season so far uh you know but he's been shifted all to all sorts of different lines he's a guy kind of like kind of like sherry where it's you know depending on who you play him with he can be really really dangerous and and that's the problem because he can't fit in the top six he's just not fit for this team in the top six so unless you have some more strong pieces around him and maybe that's what you know jim rutherford can go out and find then maybe you get a little bit more production not only from a piece you bring in but from other guys surrounded him like a carl Haglin. so that's definitely where a lot of the void is, and that's a lot of where the defensive issues are as well with your forwards and the bottom six forwards as well. There's been some issues uh, just playing defense and sound positioning and things like that. So uh, that's definitely been the uh, been a big concern for me so far. I'm all for also uh, more ice time for Josh Archibald. I'll sign up for that. I mean, he's just fast. He just he just makes things happen. You know, he's uh, yeah, he's quick on the forecheck. I, I I just so much about his style. I feel like fits a 
a fourth line role for the Penguins, but he's he's in the press box every night. Right, right. That, that <clears throat> tends to be a problem. Yeah, they got to find find ways to get him involved more often. I agree. All right, on to the defenseman. Um, talked a lot about Ian Cole already. Um, for the rest of the group, you know, it's kind of hot and cold. Um, generally, I'm a fan of. Justin Schultz, Brian Dumoulin, Oli Mata, the way they've gotten off to uh, the start of the season. S- pleasantly surprised with Oli Mata's start to the season. Um, on the other end of the spectrum, not necessarily thrilled with Matt Hunwick's play. There, the, You have to, though, factor in the fact that he had a concussion. Um, but he's looked kind of lost, I think. And Chris Letang, you can just tell he's not... You know, he, 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 you could tell that he had nothing close to his normal summer training schedule prior to the start of this year because he just looks a step slower. Uh, he looks kind of tentative sometimes with the puck on his stick and not making all the best decisions. Um, so those two are maybe a little more on the uh, underwhelming side. And then we mentioned Chad Ruweedle earlier as well, and I've been pleasantly surprised with his play. Yeah, I tend to agree with you on most of those things there. You know, with Latang, he's been the, you know, uh, kind of, uh, you know, the reason for a lot of, you know, people point to him for a lot of criticism so far this year, and, and rightfully so. But at the same time, you're right. His offseason wasn't the same uh, from what he was coming back through. And you're just, you, you just try to be patient with a guy like Chris Latang. Uh, know that he has it there. You know, only one goal on the season so far. You'd expected a little bit more from that, especially with as successful as the power play had been for the first, uh, you know, really quarter of the season that he would get involved on that more. A lot of assists, uh, those are racking up. But, uh, you know, the plus minus is, you know, the the, t- the story that tells it the most for me with Chris Letang at uh, minus 13, worst on the team. So, And I, I hate uh, that stat, but when you're worst on the team, it probably tells you something. Yeah, it tells you a little bit more, and you, you know it's more likely from uh, you know a defender or something like that, especially the guy that gets uh, a lot of ice time. But you know when it's when it's that low, it can be yeah definitely concerning, especially when you're at the bottom of it on your team and you're one of the team's best players. So um, you know trying to you know hope hope he finds his game quickly. Really hope he does. You know you you, you can be patient with him for a while, but. Um, you know, he's he's been a, a little bit of an up and down, a little bit lost at times, kind of like you mentioned. Yeah, Ole Mata, great start to the season. Uh, nice bounce back that he's had. He kind of, where he was, where he kind of lit his flame in the playoffs last year and kind of dragged that into the season, <clears throat> excuse me, so far has been great. Justin Schultz always doing what he, even, even the games that he uh, that he missed, uh, Justin Schultz has been been great, I thought. Hunwick, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not so sure on yet. Uh, I liked how he started. Uh, he, he wasn't perfect defensively. He showed you more offense than you than I expected. I think most people expected. Uh, he's got two goals on the year, which is tied for most of any of the defensemen, and he's played less than half the games than most of the defensemen has played. So that was more of a pleasant surprise. But uh, again, like you said, with the amount of games that he missed, maybe just give him a little more time to get uh, get back into the swing of things. But definitely was you know has been a little bit lost at times finding his way into the system, but, uh, you know, a little bit of pleasantries with it, I suppose, in, uh, from the offensive side of things. And, uh, yeah, like you said, Chad Ruedel plays with his play, Ian Cole. I wouldn't have a lot to gripe about, about Ian Cole. I would say that he's like, we've already covered not playing the best hockey he's ever played, but I don't think he 
is by far and away the worst defender on this team right now. And again, I don't think that's the reason he's being shopped, potentially shopped around for a trade, not really having to do with his play. So, um, you know, they've got a strong defensive core, but I think they can look poorly in times, again, like I've already mentioned, where your offense isn't doing their job. Your forwards aren't playing sound and in the right position, so it leaves your defenders far more vulnerable uh, to make a bad play, to make a bad pass, and, and we've seen that. You give up goals way too easily that way. So some guys have been better than others, but you know the defensive core is what Jim Rutherford has built. It's really what he's built this team around. You have your, you have your, your top six. You have those guys. You've got Sid. You've got Gino. You've got Phil. Okay, you've got Patrick Hornquist. You've got those guys. He's not worried about that. He's worked what he can and did what he can to build this defensive core to be stronger. He's asked guys like Justin Schultz to bet on himself, to wait a year for a contract, bet on himself, and they come back and have one of the best years of their their careers. He's done it. Uh, I think he's trying to find ways to to do it again, but I'm sure the coaching staff's a little frustrated right now what they're seeing in terms of a consistency uh, from the defense and, uh, to try to get a little bit more, uh, consistent play out of them is what I'd like to see. Yeah, I agree. Uh, that, that's a good word. I think, you know, just from top to bottom going through all those guys and on the roster, it's hot and cold with every, every unit, you know? Uh, so Mm -hmm. it's just, uh, a lot of inconsistencies, but, I don't. I'm still not too worried. I still think the the Penguins are going to be just fine and in that playoff picture. And uh, you know, we'll we'll see what the roster looks like post trade deadline. But I uh, I I still expect the consistency to eventually get there, and then the Penguins will be all right. Yeah, I I, I do too. I trust this coaching staff. Trust Jim. We talk. I've said trust like 55 times this episode, but I do. I trust them. Uh, a big portion of the core of this Stanley cup championship team is still intact. Um, you know, obviously you're losing Rick Tockett. A lot of people had questions about and what Mark Recchi could do. And I do think it has an impact. I, I really do think it, it does, but um, that's not the main reason the Penguins aren't playing consistently enough. Uh, the one unit we didn't talk about, Chris is the goaltenders. We've already gone over Jari and Smith in the little bit of time we've seen, but what have, what have your thoughts been regarding Matt Murray so far? I think Murray's been great. I'm, you know, aside from maybe a performance or two, but that's that's probably the. <laughs> you could probably say that a lot about a lot of goaltenders. I mean, his his numbers and like his five on five goals uh, allowed are you know they look bad because of those train wrecks at the beginning of the season that happened. But I think Matt Murray's been you know living up to expectations in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think he's I think he's been playing well. There have been a couple of games where you haven't liked what you've seen, you know, including the the blowout ones that you've talked about. Uh, you know, again, what he's seen defensively around him have been a, has been a problem and it makes him maybe look poorer than some of the numbers that are coming in in terms of like his win-loss records, but his goals against is still under 3. Uh, you know, save percentage is at uh, 906. Uh, so an okay number there for sure. But, um, you know, I think if you correct things defensively, then you're going to, you're going to help your goaltender out the best way that you can 
right there. And I think that's what Matt Murray needs the most right now. Uh, I think he's just got to stay healthy, man. I think that's the, the biggest key is they can get through this stretch, and hopefully it's the last time this season we have to worry about Matt Murray missing any significant time. Hopefully, although the uh, track record of Matt Murray getting injured during the regular season. Uh, Not good. Well, yeah, but the end result is good. Oh, yes, yes. The, the, the way things end up end up resulting in the end. Yes, you're right. I, I, I hope that keep this the trend is going. I just hope, yeah, I hope this is the only injury because we have, even in a short stint, we've definitely seen his uh, fair share of mistimed uh, due to injury. So hopefully if we can get this out of the way now and then he can uh, ride us home. Uh, off into the sunset for another Stanley Cup championship. That'd be just terrific. Yes, get well soon, Matt Murray. That uh, yes. that is for sure. Um, all right, well, that's going to wrap this episode up. I think. Yeah, yeah, I think uh, I think so. There's been uh, uh, you know quite a number of games that have gone on. The the Philadelphia game the other night was a little bit wild. You had like the second period was like the worst period that they played all season, and the third period was like the best period they played all season. Yeah. So I'm just. That, that game right there just spoke to the inconsistencies that we've seen so far. But uh, coming up this week, we mentioned the home-and-home uh, home with Buffalo Friday night on the road, Saturday night back home, and then uh, Tuesday night before we rejoin you again next week, home to the pitiful New York Rangers. And we all know how Sir Henrik Lund- Lundqvist tends to react once you score a couple of goals on him quick there. So hopefully uh, that's the case to come this time next yeah, week. Nice little winnable stretch here. So hopefully we have good things to talk about uh, next time we get together uh, to record until then, make sure again that you subscribe to the podcast uh, and check our episodes out every week on uh, pensblog.com. Um, make sure you follow Dan on Twitter at steel city, Dan 22. You can follow me on Twitter at Chris underscore Gates, um thanks and shouts out once again to rum runners uh and ross township for sponsoring this episode uh and wonderful job dan uh, as to you my friend wonderful job to you it's good to talk some uh pens hockey with you so uh back on the train with us glad to be part of the uh the pens blog as always and uh hopefully positive things to talk about next week and not trade rumors and injuries yeah maybe we'll have some clarity uh some more clarity on both but uh until then we'll uh be anxiously awaiting the the next trade news the outcomes of the games and then we will be back uh next week with a new episode so until then we thank you for listening and we will talk to yins later